Hi, this is the coach, Brendan, sir. I want to update you on some new developments and dates for our uh, phenomenal Coaching You VIP experience that happens every July in Las Vegas. Uh, because of the change of the summer league dates from July 10 to 20, we have uh, now come up with our date of July 13 and 14, a Monday and Tuesday, right after the summer league starts. Uh, again, all I can promise is you will have the very best of NBA coaches that will come in and teach and share with you all of their knowledge and ex things that really will take you to the next level as a coach. This is our 12th year of coaching you. Uh, the speakers are out of this world, but everyone is a VIP. That's the difference in our clinic than everyone else. This experience provides you with courtside seating, you know, right up there, two meals with us, uh, breaking bread with some of the best coaches and networking with some of the finest coaches around to share some of their ideas. Uh, you'll get the video of all the speakers that will be there. Uh, and it's just a, you know, a t-shirt, a notebook from us. You know, what we found is, you know, probably the best experience you can have in coaching because of the intimate setting all around the court and also the knowledge that you'll get. So I can't wait to see you in July in Las Vegas, the 13th and 14th. Sign up now. Go to coachingyoulive.com and forward slash VIP 2020. Coachingyoulive.com forward slash VIP 2020. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. Our guest today, Rob Lanier, the head coach of Georgia State University. Rob is a longtime friend uh, who's been an assistant coach to both Rick Barnes twice at Texas and the Billy Donovan uh, at Florida and also Dave Latow at uh, Virginia. But also Rob was a head coach at Siena University as a young, young guy. And now uh, after fabulous you know, four years at Tennessee became the head coach at Georgia State University in the Sunbelt Conference. So I think you'll enjoy our visit as we talk about what it's like to build that program uh, and how to continue in their success, but also, you know, everything that a head coach has to do. So after this quick timeout, we'll be back with Rob Lanier, head coach, Georgia State University. Fast Model Sports is the world's most comprehensive versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and iPad to providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. It doesn't stop there. Along with FastPro, they have other great programs such as Fast Scout, which helps coaches create clean, professional scouting reports customized for your team. Fast Model is trusted and used by all NBA and WNBA teams, 85% of Division I college teams, and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills on their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at 
fast model. And we're so excited today to have Rob Lanier, uh, the head coach of Georgia State University Panthers in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Rob, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? You know, uh, college coaching is really hard. I find that out again this year. <laughs> but, man, it's a hard job. And, uh, you know, and my my first thing, when I was so happy last April, really during the Final Four, when you were named, uh, you know, the head coach at Georgia State, you know, you've had such a great run. And, and then the year you had last year with Rick Barnes at Tennessee was, I, I would almost call it magical. You know, being number one team in the nation at one point, and then going to Sweet 16. The biggest thing I, I always wonder is, why then did you want to become a head coach? Why was the timing yeah. good? Yeah, you know what? I, I've been asked that question a lot. But first of all, thanks for having me. You know, uh, uh, you know, Brent. I think the world of you and uh, and you know your reputation precede you so by the time I had met you I had already had you in such high esteem and then the opportunity then you were, then you were disappointed <laughs> <laughs> well you know no, not at all I, just, I think the world of you and uh, I love what you're doing and for you to think enough of me to have me on it means a lot so um you, you know what um it's funny because this year uh has been great you know this experience at Georgia State has been great and, and I've got a son who's a senior in high school. He signed with University uh, Davidson College. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a daughter who's a junior, and, and I had sort of promised them the last several years that we're we're going to stay in Knoxville till you finish high school. Uh, and the only way that I would interrupt that journey is if something special came along. Mm -hmm. And we we uh, you mentioned we we're in the Sweet Sixteen. We played in Louisville and we lost to Purdue on what was a controversial call. So it was a tough finish to what was a really special year uh, for all of us. And my family and I were driving from Louisville back to Knoxville. So three and a half, four hour drive, whatever that is. Uh -huh. And uh, I made the mistake of answering my phone on speakerphone with my kids in the car and the, and the question was posed to me, do you want to meet with the AD and the president? Now, this is on a Friday. Do you want to meet with the AD and the president of Georgia State on Monday? And I agreed, and my kids overheard this, and they said, well, you promise you're not going anywhere. And I said, well, I'm not. You know, I don't know that much about Georgia State, but what little <laughs> I did know, I didn't think that this was going to be the special place that I had told sure. them it would take for me to leave. So I told them they had nothing to worry about. <laughs> and uh, Friday goes, Saturday goes, Sunday goes. I drive down on Monday, and uh, and I said it in the press conference, Brendan. You know, one of the things I learned over the years is how important it is who you work for, the people, yeah. yep, not just the institution, but the people that are in leadership. And when I met with Dr. Becker and Charlie Cobb, I, you know, within fifteen twenty minutes, I, I I felt like, wow, this is this is more than I had expected. The, the the way the conversation was going, the vision that they had painted for the future of the program. Um, and, and I was pretty bold in that meeting about what it would take for me to leave Tennessee. And I thought it would make them say, well, you know, you, you can move on then because you're not what we're looking for. But instead it brought us together. How about that? Uh, and I left that room and called my wife and said, you know what? 
we might have something here. And, uh, and, and since that time, everything that they talked about, they've been true to that. Uh, and it's been the exact experience that I anticipated when I had a gut feeling in that room. And uh, I, I couldn't be more excited about uh, not only the opportunity, but the, but the possibilities uh, are, are really everything that I had outlined for my family that it would take for us to leave Tennessee. This, this opportunity represented that. It created one of the most difficult situations for me personally to have to look my kids in the face and say, we're, we're leaving. My son had just won a state championship in Tennessee and mm-hmm. was having a great social and high school experience. And my daughter was had already won a state championship. And as a junior, she was having a great experience. And uh, how about, but, but I how felt about like the good doctor? Was, how about the good doctor, your great wife? Uh, you know what? She was on board when I called her uh, in the car great. on the way back to Atlanta from Knoxville. She she knows me well enough. She knows how important it is for sure. to, for me, for my children to be happy. So the fact that I was saying to her that this is really something we need to uh, take another step towards, she she knew she could hear in my voice. Good, this is real, and so uh, me and her are always yeah, she's special, and 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 I love your son. You know that we go way back. You know he looked me, right. he looked me in the eye when we were at Disney one day, and I had to buy him two hot dogs for crying out loud. You know, but. <laughs> But, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, so now you take the job at Georgia State, which I know so well from my days coaching the Hawks, a great school, a great institution, and it's just grown so beautifully and adding football and everything and going big time basketball. It's just changed its world. But, you know, I think uh, the thing that when you take a job, especially coming from a team where you and Rick had established such great, great culture at Tennessee, how does one go about putting together culture in a brand new program? Well, as you know, it, it starts with the people always. And uh, I think uh, one of the things that I've learned over the years, because I've been so fortunate to be with great people. Um, and part of the reason why I was a little bit more ready for this is I had a, a more uh, clarity on not only what it takes to build a program and establish your culture, but what I need and my vision was more clear on what I need to build mm-hmm. a program. And uh, so I, I, I was real uh, tuned in to the kind of people I wanted to surround myself with. Um, and I was really fortunate to be able to get great people from day one, from my director of basketball operations, my GAs, which I those guys came with me from Tennessee, so I knew exactly what oh, I was wow. getting into there. And, and then uh, – um, you know, I, I've got an ops guy who will be an AD one day. I mean, he is one of the very best. And and, and I, I bragged about him, and he's really made me look good because he is phenomenal. His name's Kyle Condon. His older brother is an assistant on Pat Chambers' staff at Penn State. And Kyle is just, uh, you know, one of those people that, that you've been around in sure. all your travels that kind of uh, they understand everything that goes into it and every contingency that needs to be made. And so there's no surprises ever. We never have to worry about things not running smoothly from an infrastructure standpoint because of his presence. And he's been coupled with just support staff, academics, training, you know. And uh, and then my coaches are just so good, so humble and professional and hardworking and loyal. So that that's where it starts, because if you don't have those people around you, even if you have a great message, 
that message is not going to be conveyed at the level it needs to be conveyed for it to eventually take hold. And um, so I, I've been fortunate. Cliff Warren. Uh, great, who, great man. Uh, great who, friend. You know, yep. Super humble, super knowledgeable and has a tremendous work ethic. Um, he, he, you would think you, you would, I mean, he's a head coach. Yep. Um, but he operates every day and is happy and loves his job and comes in and he's as good an assistant as any head coach could ask for. Um, and then Chris Kreider uh, is just a machine. I mean, he is one of the hardest working guys, one of the most diligent, intelligent guys I've ever been around on a staff. Um, and he's got Atlanta ties. And so, so many people in this area, I got so much uh, credit from people in this basketball community who who love Chris Kreider. And I hired him because of the job he had done recruiting my son at Rice. I really wasn't aware of, of how well thought of he was in the city of Atlanta. So I got lucky there. He was with Paul at Georgia Tech in a support staff role. Then he, he worked for CY at Georgia Southern, and then he ended up with Paul at George Mason. Um, but I hired him from Rice. His wife happens to be from Atlanta. So that worked out great. And then Jarvis Hayes, who I'm sure you're familiar very, with. Very good friend. Yeah, yeah Fabulous he's guy. super humble, hardworking. Um, and he couldn't have picked two better guys as assistants to learn the college game from. Mm-hmm. And as he's learning the college game, he's just been so good with our players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got such a great basketball uh, history uh, to share with them. Um, but he's also a normal, humble dude who's a great family man and got a bright future as a coach. So I, I, I'm surrounded with good people. Uh, I've learned a lot of good basketball and a lot about how to run a program. But none of that matters if you don't have the right people. You can know that. You know, uh, you know. after we take this quick time out, I want to come back and talk about the first steps when you do take the job as far as evaluating the present guys in the program before you bring in the new one. So after this quick time out, we'll be back with Rob Lanier. Let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in the basketball shooting machine industry that enables players and coaches to stay connected, design and upload training exercises, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is, without question, the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Don't forget to mention Coaching You and receive $300 off on your next Dr. Dish purchase. That's right. Mention Coaching You or the podcast and get $300 off your Dr. Dish. We're back with head coach Rob Lanier from Georgia State University. Rob, we talk. When we left at our timeout, we talked about your fantastic staff, and I agree that's, you know, we've both been in support roles to great head coaches, and, you know, we try to, you know, really make them, my my job always, I felt, was 
you know, whoever I was working for, I want, my job is to make them look great, <laughs> you know, great. And, and, and so, you know, you have people like that. When you get a job at the college level, uh, you have to evaluate the guys that are presently in the programs to see if it's a good fit. And to see, right now it seems like it's very common that guys want to leave, it seems, when there's new. How do you go about that process? Well, you know, I, I think it really comes down to what we just talked about, putting your staff together and then implementing your plan. And, 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 and essentially what happens is, um, and I said this at the press conference, you know, whenever there's a change, there's always this talk about whose players they are, right? Mm, yeah. um, and there's so much emphasis on the coaching change and who's going to replace who. And the players kind of get lost in all of that. Um, and as the leader of the program, what you try to do is establish the way you do things and the guys who buy into that, they're your players and the guys who don't buy into that, you have to help them move on. Um, so often if a guy comes in and he's not successful, then they use the fact that you have players from another coaching staff as a crutch. And the flip side is if you do well, people say, well, he did it with someone else's players. And the bottom line is the kids who do buy into what you do, they're your players. You're their coach. There's no two ways about that. The guys who don't buy in need to move on, and there needs to be a good enough communication that that's done in any appropriate way. And so that that's the way I look at that. Then you go about adding guys who, who further your the culture and the, the system that you're trying to build. But as the leader of the program, uh, it's my role to lead these guys. And if these guys are bought in, then we're all in it together. It doesn't matter who recruited them. Sure. Once they're there, they're your, yours. So um, so we, we, we try to address that right away. And as you go through the year, um, you'll find out who's really with you. Sometimes those things reveal themselves sooner than others. Some guys will fool you in the beginning. And as you get into the grind, then you find out who they really are. But the bottom line is you, you, everyone's starting from square one and you, you try to give everybody an opportunity to, to do things. And you find out from the people inside the athletic department a little bit about who's who. I thought when we got going that we would lose some guys immediately because we do do things differently than the previous staff. And we made it clear that it's not better. It's just different. Everybody's different. Sure. You know? um, so I thought just the transition itself would create uh, some departures and, and to the credit of these guys, um, they, they, we didn't have anybody who wanted to leave at that point. So, wow. uh, we've kind of hung together and, uh, we've got some transfers setting out that we brought in and we brought in a couple of freshmen. And, uh, I think the chemistry has been good for the most part. You know, uh, you know, you recruited at such a high level at Florida, at Texas and at Tennessee, uh, Cal athletic caliber and you, and you had incredible coaching and recruiting years to the point where you were developing all kinds of NBA players and and this is not a knock at all on the Sun Belt but it's a, a slightly different level than the SEC and how did you go about that uh, you know in the same year making that transition I don't think it's that easy you know you're used to one style of player and then, you know, how, how do you go about that? Part of it is I'm getting old. <laughs> you know, I've been around. This is my 30th year in business. And so I've been in the Atlantic 10. I've been at the back level. Yeah. 
Um, so I've been around the game long enough that, uh, you know, I think I've developed a sense for how to assess what wins. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, and, and I think as you start to work with your current guys, um, that, that grows. One of the things that were characteristic of this league and what I heard a lot about is that you could, you can't get good bigs. Um, but, uh, we were determined to, to not uh, allow ourselves to operate from inside that box. You know, we, we wanted to, uh, go out and get guys who had size, length, and athleticism that would complement our style of play. Um, and fortunately between myself, Cliff Warren, and Chris Kreider, that we have enough relationships and contacts that, that we were able to find ourselves in situations where we could add to our front line and our length in such a way that we could bring in some guys that, and you mentioned the development of players, and that's a big part of our program. So we, we, we're not going to get the finished products, that 6'10 guy who's a finished product, um, but we can get guys who have size and that can move and uh, uh, that we can develop. And so we, we take pride in that and, and, uh, we do want to recruit transfers. You know, we like having guys who are, who are sat out. The, the big thing I think for us and for me, and one of the things I learned from having been through this as a head coach before is I want to get older, but I also want to have a level of continuity in the program where we're, we don't have this buildup for this one year where we got seven seniors and now we're starting over again. We want to use the transfer. Uh, thing to establish and stagger our classes so that we can have a level of continuity and maybe some some consistency in terms of playing at a certain level year to year and uh, so we've got quality freshmen in the program now Uh, we think we've recruited high school kids well we've got three kids sitting out from University of Cincinnati University of Georgia University of Memphis and then we have upperclassmen in our senior and junior classes right now that are productive players for us. So we're trying to look at it that way from a program standpoint, as opposed to uh, using transfers to, to quick fix. We're trying to use it to build some continuity. And so almost you have a 10 man active roster with the three transfers, right? That's right. You know what? And that's all you need in college, right? (laughs) You have 13 guys all waiting to play. It's hard. Like if you had 13 eligible, you're going to have six or seven guys unhappy. Yeah, and if you got ten guys eligible, you might have one or two. <laughs> you know, that, that, our friend Larry Shai used to say, you know, you know, you're going to coach, are you going to coach one through nine, or you're going to coach ten through thirteen? And uh, you know, if you're going to have thirteen, you better coach them all hard. You know, and uh, but I think I, Eric Musselman had that model at Nevada of a lot of transfers, and I think you know it's it's almost a, a perfect model for for college basketball. I think. My opinion. I agree. You know, uh, after this quick timeout, we're going to come back, and I want to go back to uh, what you learned so far from your first venture as a head coach at Siena to now. Right after this timeout, we'll be back with Rob. Let's hear from our latest sponsor, Max One. Max One is the all-in-one coaching app that allows your team to train, communicate. Stay organized, all in one easy-to-use spot. With all these useful features for one low price, I can't emphasize enough the value Max One can bring to your program, especially with the basketball season right around the corner. 
I know firsthand the importance of keeping your team on the same page as the season reaches its peak. I'm confident Max One can solve these problems for you and keep your program connected to help ensure you're on pace for the most effective season possible. Max One allows you to create individualized workouts for each player on your team with videos attached and deliver them right to your athlete's phone, eliminating spreadsheets and paper handouts and helping your players improve as the season goes on. You can then combine these workouts into an entire in-season program tailor-made to complement all the hard work that your athletes are already putting in during the season. You can even track your athletes' progress on the Max One leaderboards to see the improvement coming from your team, keeping everyone on the team accountable while encouraging a culture of competition. I also know how the calendar feature allows you to keep athletes, parents, and coaches alike as organized as possible. Workout schedules, practices, tournament games can all be created via color-coded schedules ensuring your athletes are in the loop with details on whatever events you have throughout the long season. To learn more about how Max One can help you run your program this offseason, head to their website at gomaxone.com and schedule a free 15-minute demo with a Max One program specialist. As always, mention me, Coach Brendan Sir sent you, and you'll receive a special discount if you decide to purchase. Again, visit www.gomaxone.com right now to schedule your free demo. You won't be disappointed. Rob, we talked about at Siena, as a young guy, you're a head coach, uh, of a really good program and stuff. And now, you know, what, you know, now you're very sophisticated, very intelligent, you know, uh, a 30 year veteran. What's the difference? And you've been in some incredible programs. What is the learning curve for you? Yeah, there's layers to that. I, I think, uh, first and foremost, when I was young, you know, when I first got into the business, uh, I, I had developed a growing reputation as a, a guy who had a bright future in our profession. And I think that reputation was moving faster than my development as a coach. Mm. And so I, I, I interviewed for my first head coaching job when I was 28. Um, and fortunately, I didn't get it because I wasn't ready then. And I'm not so sure I was ready when I got the Sienna job, but certainly I was on the radar, and by the time I interviewed for Siena, that was my fourth head coaching interview. Wow! And uh, and so, um, so I, I, I'm not I'm not so sure that uh, uh, that I was ready at the time, but I certainly wasn't going to say no to a job as good as the Siena job. And I figured I was just going to go and conquer the world my, myself. And, and and I think one of the the, the mistakes that was made. Uh, not consciously, but as a young coach, I really, uh, my disposition was that of a young guy who wanted to be a big East coach and wanted to be big time. And I, I, it was more about me than it was about leadership. Hmm. And so uh, I was more caught up in what the job and what the possibilities were going to be for me instead of going to Siena and truly being engaged and entrenched in that community and that job with the sole purpose of doing the very best job I could do for Siena. Um, I, I'm talking to you earlier in this interview about 
Um, I had good coaches, but my my understanding of what I needed, I used the word clarity. I didn't I didn't have that. I, I would just, you know, I, I had the, uh, a really small uh, pool of uh, coaches, assistant coaches salary. And I didn't really think that mattered at the time. I didn't know. I didn't think it mattered who I hired. <laughs> I just wanted to hire loyal guys because I was going to be so good. That's how naive yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, and I was fortunate to have the guys that I did, to be honest with you. But I, I really didn't know what I didn't know. And I had to learn a lot as I went through that experience. And, and I would not uh, be able to navigate this program as as well as I, I believe we'll be able to were it not for that experience at Siena. Um, and, I, you know, I've learned a lot more basketball since then, being around Billy Donovan and Dave Lato and, and Rick Barnes and, and coaching with Larry Shiat and Shaka Smart and Richard Fettino, uh and, and these kinds of people. Uh, you're going to you're going to learn some basketball and coaching against the people that we had to face in the ACC, in the Big 12, in the SEC and back in the SEC before I came here. So I, I learned a lot of basketball, but. I had I, my antennas were so much better at picking up what running a program really should look like. And I was just at a level of maturity where I knew it really wasn't about me, um, that, 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 that I'm responsible for other people, the people that work for me, the players, the families. Um, it's a lot of responsibility that goes into running a program that I wasn't tuned into, that I didn't really understand exactly what, what was happening until I saw Billy taking on that full responsibility and Rick Barnes taking on that full responsibility and what they did for me and my family. Mm. And, and I was able to see that through that lens when this opportunity came along in a way that I, I wasn't capable of seeing the first go round because it was really all about me and the path that I wanted to be on as a head coach. Yeah. You know, when you were at Florida with Billy uh, Donovan, um, ironically uh, as we're taping this they're going to name the court after him this weekend uh yeah. which is neat and you know when they're when you're with them you mentioned the guys who were with you could you've ever dreamt that you know we got Larry Shiat, who's one of the all-time greats who then leaves and becomes the head coach of Wyoming he's incredible had been the head coach of Clemson prior Richard Bettino who's like you know kind of just like transitioning from Louisville during his dad's situation, then becomes a head coach of Minnesota and has done great. And and then Chaka, who goes after one year with you guys, goes and becomes a, you know, kind of an icon in a way, uh, you know, replacing Anthony Grant at VCU and now on to Texas. What could you see in those guys when you worked with them that were, that you could pull from them that you liked or the talent that they had that you thought would make them special? Well, uh, and I would add Mark Dagnall to that. You know what? You're a hundred percent right. Good because call. his presence around the program was phenomenal because he's, he's a brilliant person as well. And the, the one thing is the culture that Billy created. And you know, this is, um, Billy is as successful as anybody has ever been in basketball relative to his ego. You've never seen a guy more successful with less of an ego than Billy Donovan. And so, when you have people like Anthony Grant, Donnie Jones, Shaka Smart, John Pelfrey, Larry Shiat, Richard Patino, when you have those kinds of people around you, it's such an open space 
to grow and learn because he gives you so much responsibility and has so much trust in the people that he hires that you really can put your ego aside and, 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 and grow and learn. Nobody's jockeying for position inside Billy's world. There, there, there isn't this. A lot of times you can be on a staff and you feel like this territorial presence of some of the guys on the staff, either for attention or for credit or for the head coach's ear. And Billy's culture isn't conducive to that, partly because he knows what he wants when he's making hires, that clarity that I was referring to yeah. earlier, but also just his disposition. You know, um, but the flip side of that is he's so in the preparation that you actually spend time wondering what questions he's going to ask you and it makes you a better coach. And so we were all operating that way. Um, and there was a mutual respect that was uh, present inside the program that was just a, it was a byproduct of Billy's personality. Um, like I've never until I worked for Billy, I never looked so forward to seeing my boss in the morning. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes you work at a place and you yeah. don't want to see your boss all day. And, you know, like you pull in there if his car's already there, you can't wait to get in there to to, to bust chops with him, to be around him, to talk ball with him. Um, and, and everybody had that in common is that they had at least that relationship with Billy that uh, that he was a great guy to be around. In light of the fact that he was he was really really great at coaching basketball. But uh, your interaction with him was more on a personal level. And, uh, and and it goes back to the clarity that I developed and the kind of culture I want to have around my program. It's an extension of what I've learned from from he and Rick from an interpersonal uh, standpoint. And so uh, we, we, we exchanged ideas without competing against one another. Great point. And, and, and so I got a chance to really, you know, I was a better listener in that environment. I didn't. I never felt like I had to prove my worth. All I had to do was be confident and work and do my job. And uh, and so being around, uh, I, I appreciated how great Shaka was and how much time he invested. He didn't have children at the time, right. and he had such a capacity to work that he could be in the office all day and do all of our jobs combined. I had two young kids. I was going home at night. I wanted to be around my children. Right. He was there all the time. Um, and uh, Richard was uh, so unfiltered and so smart. And he really cut to the chase. Like he never BSed around. He called things like they were. And he was so secure within himself that he brought that value. And, and uh, uh, Larry was very similar, but more emotional and more passionate and wore it on his sleeves more. And he was, Larry's probably as good a person as any of us has ever been around in life. So it was such a great place to be around. And Mark Bagnall just sat in the background and listened to <laughs> everyone listened, and yeah. treated everyone with so much respect. And then Billy would say, well, what do you think, Mark? And he had assessed everything in such a concise way that he really came across like he was smarter than all of us. And that? it was just a tremendous environment to be a, be a part of. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, we need to do in coaching is to, that are, as a head coach, it's, you know, you have this incredible CEO job. But, like, when I'm on a staff as the older guy, my I take my responsibility to be, I'm there to develop the other coaches. 
as yeah. you know and and i think that you know creates that environment that you talked about you know and i saw that when i went down and worked with rick barnes at texas for three days kevin eastman and i i just saw this guy that had this insatiable desire to be great <laughs> that's the only word i can say is great and he is yeah. and billy has that same capacity and they they you know when the guys that are at that lofty a position when they kind of say to you they they you just constantly are asking questions that you're saying are you bullshitting me like you want to yeah. ask me this and you know what they're sincere because they yeah. just they just have the they want to they want to be so good and they want to keep getting better and, that, and that's what i love about those guys they're insatiable learners you know and i think yes. you know that that's what you're providing at you know at your place for them uh give me a quick thing i have such an admirer and and I think Rick Barnes is one of the greatest human beings in college coaching, any sport. And um, he's always been very, very kind. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and he's just him, Frank Martin, guys like that, you know, they're literally when you play against them, they kick your ass and they reach over when you do that BS handshake line, which I hate, frankly, at the end of a college game. But they, they say to you, literally, I love you, man. You know, and they they're very sincere about it. You know, uh, you know they're they're what makes college coaching special in my eyes. That they are a leader of men. Uh, tell me, you you had two stints with Rick, and it's almost like you're cheating. You know, they get two opportunities with that guy. What, what was it like? What is he so great at? Well, I mean, uh, just on a on a competitive level. He's as competitive as they come, mm -hmm. driven, fierce, um, understands human nature and how to drive people. Um, and, you know, for me personally, in my relationship with him, what he's done for me, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're a young person and you're coming up just in life, whether it's middle school, high school, whatever, there's people in your life that their belief in you uh, spurs you forward. And from the moment that I got on Rick's staff, he's had this unbelievable belief in me. And I would hear him say things to me or about me to other people. And I had such held him in such high esteem that the notion that this guy felt this way about me made me say, well, maybe I am good. <laughs> like he, he instilled so much confidence in me, and I think he has done that uh, for Frank and Dennis Felton and Chris Ogden and Rodney Terry. This, this uh, real belief in people um, that uh, that I felt like I, I feel like this guy has come into my life and made me better. Like I really believe that uh, that that he has just had such a tremendous impact on me as a coach, and my belief that I can be great at this, you know? Um, and so, uh, he, he, nobody that I've ever been around Brennan takes more satisfaction from doing something for other people than Rick Barnes. Wow. I've never been around someone who gets more joy and satisfaction. It, it may be something as simple as our director of basketball operations who got married at Tennessee him actively getting involved with her husband's proposal set up. And he was so invested in that because he wanted it to be great so that she could be happy with that part of her relationship. 
with this man. Like he took that personal. Um, and the things he's done for my family, I, I mean, I, I just couldn't, you know, I mean, so when I go to work for him, I mean, I, it's all about him. I get on the phone talking to a recruit about him and I really believe it with passion, what yeah. I'm selling. Yeah. Um, and I really believe in him as a coach. I've internalized the principles that we teach and it's a part of what I do, even though I do things a little bit differently because my personality is different, but it's all grounded in that experience with him. Um, but the way I treat my staff, um, we say, I love you around here a lot. Mm -hmm. I say it to my players all the time. They say it to me that comes from Rick Barnes. That's important to me because I know the effect because every time I get on the phone with him and you know this, he says, I love, I love you. Yep. And he, and he means it. Uh, and I say it back because I mean it and I text him coach. I love you. Um, and I think that's important. And I think it's important. I've heard him say that to TJ and to Royale Ivy and to KD, like, and I know he means it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's important for, for us as coaches, uh, for these guys to know that it, it ain't just about basketball. And, and again, that's something I didn't know as a young coach that uh, we get uh, the time we have is fleeting in general, let alone the, if we're lucky enough to have four years with these kids, how fleeting that can be. And it can, it can be a great experience if you allow it to be. And, uh, and, 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 but also part of that is pushing them out of their comfort zone Yeah, and, uh, being able to be tough on kids and still let them know you love them. It's a, it's a, it's a balance that he has mastered and, uh, that I've tried to learn from. That's the art of coaching. It, you know, it's not winning and losing. It's that transformational thing of taking boys to men or girls to women, uh, that, you know, the those guys that we all aim to do. And, uh, and, and on a, on a daily basis, you know, uh, you know, and I, I think it's so powerful. I love what you're doing with your coach net. Would you share that with our listening coaches from all around the world? Frankly, that's why I think this is exciting for them. Yeah. You, you know what happened, Brendan, uh, about three years ago, it may have been four years ago. I, I got involved with, uh, with an organization, with a, with a colleague of mine, we tried to start an organization for young coaches. Uh, we met here in Atlanta with about 20 coaches. We had some great speakers come out, Leonard Hamilton and some other prominent people uh, in our profession. We've had, we had agents come out. We had some other guest speakers, some athletic directors. And, and, uh, and, and what I was trying to do, at least for my part, was trying to help uh, create a network uh, of coaches that support one another inside the profession. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the opportunities in our profession are are really at such a premium. You know, like for head coaches, for example, I say all the time, there's only 353 or so Division right. One coaches in the world. Right. Uh, and our, our profession is so regionalized that the pool of opportunity for head coaches, assistant coaches is really slim. So for young people who want to be in our profession, how do we help them and how do we identify who that next Shaka Smart is? How do we, how do we, who are these guys? And because I had at that point already had my chance and I didn't know if I was going to get another chance. Is there another guy out there that I could help not make some of the mistakes that you and I have talked about that I made? 
And so the organization that we were trying to form, uh, you know, we had created some passion and some energy, but we didn't know how to move forward with it. And through those discussions, I said, well, why don't we start some kind of website or platform that allows coaches to have a voice that don't have a platform? Billy Donovan has one. Rick Barnes has one. Sure. But most of the guys in our profession don't have a way to put their competence and expertise on display in such a way that people can read their story and say, wow, this is a guy who's thoughtful. Uh, this is a guy who's got knowledge or just a guy who's got a great story. And so uh, it's funny. One day on a Sunday, uh, June, uh, I think it was June 11, 2017, I saw a commercial for GoDaddy.com. And I said, you know, I'm going to see if I could just do this on my own. And by midnight on that same day, I put the first post of the website up. And, uh, and, and, and that post, it's called post up. And, and I was explaining what I just explained to you, mm-hmm. why I created the website. And, uh, subsequently we started to get some interest and we've had, uh, Matt Painter, uh, 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 I've put some stories up there talking about, uh, some of my experiences, uh, and we've had head coaches, uh, Billy Donovan has one that I haven't posted yet. Um, but we've had such great content from coaches uh, all over the country, men's side, women's side, and we're open to other sports. But it's just a way for coaches to tell their stories in their words. Uh, and as I, I think coaches in general, and you know this, Matt, are some of the most interesting people in the world. Hmm. They're competitive, they're passionate, they're persuasive, and they have a great story to tell. And uh, not all of us can go on ESPN or the Players Tribune and tell our story. But we've had Dawn Staley share her story. Uh, just There's about 45 stories up now that people can access at coachspeak.net. Uh, I obviously haven't spent as much time on it of late because I'm a little busy now. <laughs> but But it is a nice hobby for me. I don't play golf. I love coaches. I love people that love young people. Uh, people that are charged with the responsibility of teaching young people. And I, I'd like for those people to be able to tell their story. Well, you know, I think that, that that's Rob, that's what makes you so special because, uh, you know, people have invested in you, but you've, you've more than returned the favor. And, and I think that's, you understand your platform now and you understand just by the way you spoke about your terrific staff at Georgia state and how great they are. That, that just, a guy, when they speak about their, your staff like that, it, it just makes me smile because I just know how important that is uh, for those guys. And, uh, you know, and I, I just think in this world of coaching where, you know, we have so many people that listen to our podcast that we're blessed to, we do it just so to help them learn and grow. And and something like this today is so important for them Rob, as always, you've been a great friend, and I really appreciate it. I can't wait to see at the Final Four when we come to Atlanta, and Georgia yes, State will be a great place. I, 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 you know, my days with the Hawks, we loved it uh, going by there often, and uh, but now it is quite a place, and uh, the university is just spectacular. So I really look forward to doing it. I'm so proud of you, what you're doing in your first year. It is so hard in that first year, and you're crushing it. So thank you, my friend. Well, uh, thanks, brother. I, I would add, too, when you're talking about the growth of the university, we will break ground this summer on a brand new arena. Wow. 85-seat uh, 
8,500 seat arena that will that will open over in what's called Summer Hill, which is adjacent to the uh, uh, this, the the stadium and the new dorm that yeah. our kids just moved into in August, and so that that'll open in the fall of 22. That was a big part of that first meeting that we talked about <laughs> when we talked about the vision for the program and and then wanting someone to usher the program into that era. And and so that that's going to be a big part of our, our growth. So I want to make sure. That, yeah. And, um, and living in a, Atlanta for so many years, uh, that great Summerhill area is where the Atlanta Fulton County Stadium was, where the Braves played and then where the 96 Olympics were. And they've transformed right. uh, Turner Field, as it was called, to the Georgia State University football stadium. And the program is just grown to like something I, I just can't believe that they've done so quickly there. And, uh, and I'm so happy for you that you're going to get a fabulous arena and a great location too. Yes, sir. That's yes, great. Sir. Rob, thank you again. And best of luck as you finish the season. Thank you, brother. All the best, man. Appreciate you. Uh, incredible person, great coach, uh, great friend. And, uh, I think if you ever get a chance to go roll through Atlanta, go see Rob Lanier's practices. Uh, he's a caring, guy that can really teach the game and most importantly go to coachspeak.com no matter where you are in the world coachspeak.net i'm sorry anywhere you are in the world and follow some of the stories that they have up there and he's a great storyteller and that's what they're trying to do is get stories to try to teach you about their experiences in coaching and uh, you know i love that he is so interested in development of coaches that's what this is all about uh make sure that you uh, keep your eye out on coachingyoulive.com uh, for any of our uh, upcoming events, you know, as we have our VIP experience. And, and I'm going to tease you on some others coming up uh, this spring. So keep going to our website, keep looking on Twitter, and you will see some really neat things that we're doing as we're growing Coaching You. Until next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. Brendan Sir.